You're listening to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. All right. Well, there you have it. Our interview with Chris Venand. We are trying something brand new. This is officially the first Hold your lines. <laughs> after show. David, hit the music. The after party. (laughs) All right. So here's the idea. We're throwing out a new concept where, you know, we get to interview these amazing people uh, and and we talk about these very in-depth topics like church planning or the state of the church. Uh, but we often, you know, we want it to be about the guests as it should be, as it should be, as it should be, but we don't often get a chance to give our perspective or our reaction. And we don't often get to hear from you. So as you're watching right now, like you, Christy Lee, like you, Luke Collis, you munter. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. That's good. In New Zealand, it's a term of endearment. You munter. Um, anyway, Send in your questions. Give us your reactions. We want to react to them live. We want to kind of get some steam off of our chest uh, and let you know what we thought. And and so this is kind of going to be a one-part, two-part thing from now on where you get your guest and then you get your after show with the regulars. uh, And hopefully it makes one beautiful picture. COVID has created this weird reality that's kind of put church, conventional church, on pause and that has got a lot of people within and without the church world to think about it more deeply. Is church what it should be? Yeah. So that is what we want to talk about. So uh, maybe starting with you, Luke, what do you think? What else do you have to add? First of all, I love the conversation. And what I um, enjoyed the most was, especially at the beginning, well, throughout the conversation, but he really spoke, Chris spoke from the heart and it was um and he talked a lot about the power of God moving. This this wasn't about another yeah. way of doing church. It was um, looking at where is God moving and what, what you know what is God calling us to right now. And I think he's tapping into something when he was talking about how people are looking for that authenticity and that community that um, is not about the, the big lights and the, and the smoke machines and stuff like that, but uh, but but is just about spending time together and 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 really connecting. And I've heard that a lot. And you know, we talk about that in the mission as well. How we observe that in people outside the church, how they're looking for community and that. But what one thing I was gonna I wanted to ask him on because I've heard him talk about this, and I wanted to have him well, Chad uh, say can pretend that in to be conversation. him and answer on his behalf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I can say what I heard from him, which was because um, you can get the impression from what he's describing that he's um, advocating small group or small like home churches, and, right. and 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 kind of that's the thing. Like, just let's just all meet around a dinner table and and don't need to have the big church thing anymore. And yet, I've so I heard uh, somebody ask him this, and he he was saying no that that he actually pointed out some issues with the home group or the not the home group, sorry, the the home church, uh, some of the home church movement. And I've have had concerns about it as well. So I was wondering what you guys are thinking about this too. But like for me, if it's just about meeting in a in a in a house um, with a small group of people, a few of the th- things that worry me is one: um, are all the gifts really present, and particularly like. When it comes to really teaching the word, often I feel like the groups end up getting, um, you know, whatever gift the leader of that group has. And if he's not a Bible teacher, then then that just doesn't happen. Um, and then it can also become kind of an inward, uh, small group, inward focused thing. And it's not missional and going out anymore, like what he was talking right. about. And sometimes I feel like the larger gatherings can can give that 
where the smaller house church things don't give that the the, the strong Bible teaching and the and the missional outward let's go do something and the di- the dynamic energy of everybody coming together. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like home churches can be real inward, and they just are all about themselves, and they no longer have a mission for the to reach the world, or like you say, they they might just have one kind of gifting. Yeah. They might be all about prophecy, so they're just prophesying over each other mm. all the time and that kind of thing. I mean, I think. To talk about our mission, that's what I love about our mission is we have the communities, we have the the the, the small group thing happening, but then we have we get together for for uh, like in Germany at our international center or whatever. We have a missional reach the world, something to die for thing happening. So it's connected. I think that it's it's the small communities need to be connected to something bigger. One thing that he said that I thought was interesting is that. The church used to be centered around the table, and then after the Reformation, it became centered around the pulpit. It does seem like the church became more about information than relationships. And I don't think those are mutually exclusive at all. But I I do feel like I go to church, if I'm just speaking honestly for myself, I do feel like I go to church for information. And then I hardly know anyone there, and this, this might be on me. I don't have time to develop deep relationships with people. I, I I don't really hardly have anyone over to my house that's not already a close friend of mine. And and it really isn't. The churches I've I can't remember the last time church has been about relationship for me. And that's maybe that's just me, but I do think that there's something in the way he said that that change shifted even the architecture of the church where it was no longer people around a table, but it was one guy speaking to people sitting listening. So, so what should be the essence of church? It, have we gotten too informational, not relational enough? Yeah, I think, I think that's true. And I think we do need to have both. But I, I think when you look at um, the church in, uh, in Scripture, in the epistles, in, in Acts, the things that were being encouraged was that the church would be the body of Christ that reflects the character of Christ and the gifts um, um, that Jesus gives us and that those are expressed in community. And so there was um, an encouragement of growing your gifts and, and those gifts need, need to be expressed. One of them being teaching, teaching the word. So that's an important part. But then there are other gifts. There's a, the evangelist, there was the prophet, Correct. there was um, apostles, you, you know, and, and it goes through the different ministry. You know, some people talk about a five ministry church. I think that's one way of look, looking at it. But just in general, simplifying it, it's are we seeing God working in our midst in community and are we um, making sure that all of that is happening? So I think both. And I, I would just say that for me, one of the, because you guys have said various things and I want to try to say something yeah, into, into at least two of the key things there that are, that are challenging for me. One is the, from our perspective as a missionary team um, with a particular focus, and we've often had this discussion or debate internally um, in, in, in our group is the whole thing about are we the church um, and, and what, what's the difference between what a church is and what we do as a mission. And for me, the answer is always quite, quite clear and, and simple. It's um, how specific and focused we get. And so one of the things about the church that I just pointed to from, from Scripture is that it, it, it is a church of all people from all ages, all different backgrounds, um, and it should be inclusive and it should serve all those different people. And so a church that is a real community is going to care for the poor. It's going to make sure that there's good, that the children are getting good input and they're growing in their faith, that the elderly are being looked after. 
and and that we're doing all the things that the church should do, that there's good political engagement and all that, and that there's evangelistic action right. and that the next generation and the younger people are, are getting to hear the gospel. And we as a mission have a particular focus of evangelism and sharing with the with young people, young adults, and that's our drive. And so that's why we're a part of the church, which I know is is, is what you mean, David. You know, we're a part of the church in that sense. Um, and but we want to have more to it. We want more Correct. to the church. We want the other gifts to be expressed. Yeah. And but I also want to push back a bit on the idea of of the training. Now I totally agree with you that very often we it's intellectualism and we get academic about the pastor having to do four years of theology. And I and I I, I agree that it's not the academic purely that is going to academic training that's purely going to make a pastor or a good leader of a church. But I think training is so important and it and it is lacking and we're in danger of losing various aspects of good in-depth training and growth, both in the area of leadership and in the, in the area of good Bible teaching. Now, in, you can be in the UK or the US and, and we can forget the importance of that because we're growing up in a culture and in a country where that's everywhere and it's deeply embedded in the church culture and there's all different kinds of training and the options are like infinite and there's so many different resources we can access and podcasts and books and all these things. Now, when you're in a country like where I am now in Poland, where the evangelical church is 0.1% and most of the pastors I know have had no training the, it you just feel the lack so much like they're so so they're just trying to figure it out and there's all these kind of ideas floating around and like crazy heretical ideas going around and nobody can really answer it because nobody's had the training to answer it and there's no often there's just no solid biblical teaching happening so there's no discipleship happening nobody's growing in their faith or learning how to study their bible so i can't take that for granted training is so important for for different you know roles in the church i think yeah and i think that's probably the cultural lens through which you're viewing these issues will often you know kind of they will inform the, the the strong opinions you have so maybe in an information overloaded spoiled context where like you said, we need to do more. Let's start doing some of this stuff. And it's too spectator and it's too individualistic and it's too about me. And so you kind of get this little bit of this self-indulgence where it's like, there are people out there that don't know about Jesus, but we take for granted, like you said, the the, the sort of high biblical IQ, not to say there aren't heresies out there and, and people who aren't trained in all that. But I I don't think the the problem at the moment is a lack of training or a lack of training options in the U.S. And, and in fact, I think part of what he said is that we've taken a business model into the Western church to the point where the the almost the 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 letters in front of your name or behind your name or whatever that is have almost kind of created this hierarchical structure in the church where it's like a business and and it's 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 become a little too much like that where. Where I think we need to have more fluidity in that. Maybe here's a question I wanna I wanna like steer us in a bit of a different direction. Because I I think you're right. I think it's a it's a balance and body of Christ thing. And that part of what makes us beautiful is that we bring our passion to the table, but somebody else brings a concern for the poor, someone else brings a concern for the elderly, someone else brings a concern for worship and making sure we have a passionate worship environment. And I know if it was just up to my strengths, it would look way too one-sided. It would not be a balanced, beautiful picture of Jesus. So I agree with you. Maybe this, we could kind of head in this direction, maybe land here. How much of this 
is the responsibility of the infrastructure or the church or the the institution and how much of this is on me and maybe that's a little bit of what Chad was saying in the sense of I, I you see those people who are always well the church isn't doing it for me or this church is too corporate or this church is too insular or this you know and and part of it is I could look at my church and say I'm the problem I haven't engaged I haven't invited anyone over to my house I've been too busy and individualistic it's like it's like a product I try and if it doesn't work for me I go to a different product and then that one fails me. So Chad, how do we manage that tension or David or anyone? How do we manage that tension between saying, yes, there are problems in every church, but I got to be, it's, the solution's got to start with me. Chad, what do you think? I, I think you're onto something, Ben. I feel like it does start with me. And I do have to admit that, that it's way easier to stay, especially in COVID where I'm trying to be, like Chris said, good citizen keep keep my family from being exposed or potentially exposing others especially with the season of surgeries and stuff we've had it it's like it's just a yeah it's a different story i i think that has to be a starting point otherwise it becomes the finger pointing and it's like well my church sucks because they don't do this they don't do that they don't blah 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 and of course, that's that can't be true. There's no way that it's all their fault. Or, and that's not at all what I'm implying or suggesting. But I think anytime we hear someone saying, I'm bitter, I'm angry, I'm resentful, I'm mad, they, they, they did this, they didn't do that. It's like, well, that might all be true. But you've got to own some of the facts, at least a part of the the equation, because you're also present. And it seems that the body of Christ is inclusive of everyone being part. Yeah, I think it always gets down to, is it become a cultural thing or is it, I, I've had an encounter with Jesus and I want to know him more. And uh, if the Holy Spirit is in a group, you can meet in a cave and God will be there. It doesn't matter where you meet. It doesn't matter how you meet. You know, and I think, um, I mean, I've been in places, every kind of, and so have all of you guys. I've been in every kind of venue, every kind of, you know, situation. I've been in house churches that felt amazing, filled with God's presence, and I've been in house churches that felt the opposite. You know, and I've been in 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 church. You know, it's not about the it's not about the the structure. It's about the heart of the people seeking God and the Holy Spirit and wanting. Right. And then something that Chris said that's critical is he is is. The church should present something that you want to give your life for, literally. Right. You want to die for. And the reason you can have a kind of a, you know, it's I go there and then I just live my life is because it's not giving you that mission. You know what I mean? Because we are created for mission. And, and following Jesus is a kind of call that goes, I want to die for this. And it's worth taking, doing some certain things to make that happen. And that's what people are drawn to. And then he gives you ways to have authentic community and all of that. So to me, that's that's the the issue is the Jesus that that I need to follow is the one worth giving my life for, worth dying for. Yeah, and that's then causes the, all the other things to happen. Yes, we've had some good comments. Like Luke Collis talks about how he was part of a beautiful house church where it was outward and genuine. Uh, Soul again talks about the idea that that we need training. She says, as a leader. I would love for my church to have the order of those who train leaders and leaders who disciple and thus aligns with kind of leaders making leaders. 
Um, so we're having great things. Mikey, you know, says that we are too quick to throw the church under the bus. And I think that's really the heart of it. You know, it's, it's funny. It's a little bit like, um, you know, if you have a real passion for something, say you're, you know, you're a real evangelist or, or you're really into, you know, worship is really your thing. And, and you can look at a group and just go, or your administrator, let's say, and you can say, oh, this is never organized. Nothing's ever organized. And you can be frustrated and irritated or where's the evangelism or where's the community? And sometimes it's as simple as recognizing, well, maybe that's why you're here. Maybe that's, that's right. That's why you have that that burden. That, yeah, exactly. Maybe that's why you're here. And and again, is the the minute we stop defining church as this thing out there that right. meets my needs, as opposed to something I find a church, my family, and, and it's a family. And and you don't you don't look at it like. Well, if this doesn't work, I'm moving on. I'll find another wife, right? You say, how am I going to make this better? What, what can I do to make this better? If this has gotten dead, how do I bring it back to life? If this has become a ritual, how do I breathe new energy into it? You don't, you don't look at it as a detached thing, but as a part of who you are. And often the very burden we have, the very thing that's quote unquote missing is the very thing that you're supposed to bring. I often have that in our NLM context in No Longer Music where I'll, you know, there'll be a guy or whatever on the team and they'll, they'll be frustrated about this, that, or whatever. And I always have this moment with a lot of the guys and I say, so what are you going to do about it? Like, what's the solution? How, how, you know, this is us. So what are we going to do to make it better? Maybe, maybe God has brought you here to help our organization get better or to make us more concerned about X or to make us more on time or <laughs> whatever it is. And it's that ownership thing. It's that that saying, I'm part of this, and maybe that burden I have is because God wants to use me to make a difference. And I think that's absolutely critical. What I do think is wrong that has come into a lot of uh, a lot of churches is this business model. And that's another thing that Chris said. He said, "Where do these terms come from? You know, executive pastor and all that kind of stuff." That's not. I, I just think it's we we're not supposed to have a church is not a business. You know, it's, it's, and I think that that's done a lot of damage. And then the whole um, production side, where it's been this whole celebrity thing uh, in the church, that doesn't mean there aren't, I mean, I'm sure that the Apostle Paul was well known, right? I mean, he was a, you could say he was a celebrity pastor, right? Or teacher. Uh, but, but so one that got a, flogged and was shipwrecked yeah, exactly. quite a few times. <laughs> no, but you know, my point, my point is he was, I don't think it's about being well known. I don't think, God is going to raise some people up to be teachers to the big C church, but it's they're not. But it's not a celebrity kind of thing. Be, it's about it's about being again. This is where the form is not sacred. It's it's the heart and it's the fruit. Yeah, that's what David was saying before about it being filled with yeah. the Spirit. Because I was going to say, you know, um, that uh, one thing I was going to ask Chris as well was about how I get the thing like that. It's not about the big the big church service, but there are a ton of churches that have huge big church services and huge production. And that's where all the like young people and young adults are getting saved. Well, it's about the fruit, right? Jesus said you should judge things by the fruit. And you can't, every real church has community, like you're saying, and all those things you're talking about, mm -hmm. Luke, every church is going to care about the social justice. They're going to they're gonna care for the old and the young. You know, there's going to be different elements in that. Yeah. Right? And he'll raise up things for the bigger church or the worldwide church, like like our mission, which I believe is very much a part of the church, but um, but then yeah. you can you can you there's these like you, you, examples of these amazing giant churches where God is just coming like crazy. But yeah. I think I think we can kind of get into yes. whatever the peace God has given us and make it sacrosanct, and that's the only way that God is going to show up. 
Right. And I think that's a dangerous thing. To Just do. be, yeah. be, you know, again, and, and there, there's a quote I often say where from a French philosopher who says, you know, now it is an embarrassment to be faithful rather than successful. And I think part of our problem is we just are looking at the wrong metrics, right? And, and so even the small church can, in its pride, say, well, we're cool because we're not big, which right, is well, exactly. still just, it's just a different form of pride. But another quick comment, um, Jack Roberts mentions the idea that, you Jack's know, the man. Th- here's Hi, a problem, Jack. right? We've got the, we've got the maybe overly intellectual West and then West, uh, Western Church America, you know, maybe England to some degree, I don't know, probably a little bit less. And then, and then you have other areas that are desperate for training. That is where I would say we see the church too nationally. You know, I, I sometimes mm-hmm. look at right. this where I go, look, maybe, maybe the Latin church has something of passion to che- teach the American church. Absolutely. And maybe the American church has some money to give. And some training to give, and that's okay. Maybe you know that's where we're a big C global church, you know. And when I go to a place in Ukraine and they barely have enough money to heat their little church, and then I go to a place in the U.S. where they've just done another twelve million dollar new AV installation, that's maybe where there needs to be a little sense of share the love a little bit, right? Where where maybe what we we have to offer is we can support each other in a global sense, and we're stronger. As a yeah. result. And so maybe the Polish church doesn't have the training we have. Maybe we need to help with that. But maybe the Polish church has something small but struggling. Polish evangel- evangelistic church has something to, to teach the U.S. So, <laughs> Chad, how about you close us out? You know, close us out so that we can all just, you know, get a cold beverage. I do like how he said IPAs or single malts. I definitely was vibing on that. And the avocados <laughs> and the onions. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lord, yeah, we just... Uh, <laughs> We just thank you for Chris and uh, and for the church, both uh, the one that meets at the table and also the one that meets uh, in, in the big building and all of the different churches in between. We thank you, Lord, that you uh, your desire is to pull everybody in the whole world into your presence, whether it's through tables or pulpits or anything in between. So please just um, keep us from, from being hard hearted because it's so easy to, uh, to look over at, at somebody and be judgmental rather than to, to really ask ourselves hard questions. Uh, and um, yeah, just, just illuminate us with, um, with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit for what we should do and how we should treat you and others, especially in a season like this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, that was our first uh, our first after I liked show. It. I liked it. Yep, I thought it was I. Right. Yeah, the people too. will tell yeah. ultimately. They'll vote with their feet, as they say, or whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you got, okay, so so the key is, if you, if you stumbled upon this after show and you're like, what, what? Go back, listen to the Chris Vinand podcast. Yes, where we talk about what yes. should the church be in the post-COVID sense. world. Uh, it'll make more sense. Hopefully, it it works alone, but also together, like a puzzle. Together, we shall meld into a. When beautiful... you were saying that, and I was inspired. Chad was doing all these neck stretches, and it freaked me out. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the Broken Inspire After Party Podcast. Uh, thanks for all of your I like love. That, dude. After and, party. Yeah, after party podcast, baby. Uh, have a good day and, uh, you know, that's it. Stay real. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. To listen to past episodes, search Provoke and Inspire on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are found. See you next time.